what's happening, everybody, and welcome to Dell and Keith Show. I'm Derek Kernahan, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend Keith Anderson. Keith, how are you doing today, mate? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Aye, all good. All good, man. All good. All good. We've got a, um, a lot to discuss today, so we're also joined by another good mate of yours, Paul Toner. Toner, how are you doing, mate? Good, man. Um, thanks for letting me on. No worries, no worries. Good to have you, good to have you. So like I, like I mentioned, we've got a lot to um, discuss today. The last show that me and Keith done was a sort of coronavirus just at the start of this pandemic and, you know, how we thought things were going to happen. So we thought it was a good time to sort of have a chat about what's happened during this time then, Keith, yeah? Yeah, mate, like you say, hundreds has happened. We've probably been going to do uh, a few shows over the period where we thought, oh, there's enough, there's really important things that happen, let's talk about it. But it's just been non-stop with crazy stuff happening that we've, we've kind of struggled to get together. So it'll be good to kind of cover quite a lot of, of stuff today, man. Looking forward to it. And yeah. good to have you on, Toner. Yeah, yeah. Another reason I have the Toner on as well is just because there's so much to cover um, as well. And I was going to say Toner from the other side, but that's from Rutherglen and we don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> Hi, that's the Royal Borough. <laughs> the Royal Borough of Rutherglen. Union Jack flies proudly above the town hall. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right guys, so will we just get will we just get cracked in then about what's happened? Go for um, it. Aye. during this time. So obviously since uh, um just a wee bit of sort of background then the coronavirus pandemic happened. Um basically all sports, not not just football, all sports basically stopped and they're sort of slowly but surely coming back as of now. We now see the Bundesliga. Um, playing regularly, which is which is good to see. A bit weird, we know fans here, but it's still good to get some sports back on the telly. Um, however, the powers of be at um, Scottish football decided that the league would end early, pretty much. So let's start with Keith. Keith, do you want to give us a wee bit of what, what you're thinking about, you know, the league getting stopped early and, you know, just a bit of background on it? Yeah, mate, as you say, this Scottish football... Well, the authorities and, and the SPFL put the put the clubs in a bit of a, a tricky position when on a random Wednesday they announced that um you know they, they shared a paper with clubs saying, Right, we need to get together and vote on what we're going to do about this COVID stuff. As you say, the, the clubs needed money, football wasn't happening, what what are we gonna do basically, right? So on the Wednesday they, they put out a paper saying on Friday by five o'clock we need to have a vote on what we're gonna do. By the way, the vote's going to be one option. We recommend this option, which is ending the season um, outside the SPFL, it should be said, so like the lower leagues, um, ending the season so as that we can pay you your money because clubs are struggling financially, as I touched on. So the, the proposal was that current league positions would be, that would be it. So wherever you sit just now, after you know three quarters of the games, on average, I think this is where you're going to finish the league. So if you're at the top, you've won the title. If you're at the bottom, you're relegated. Um, and playoffs for other prizes such as they are are going to be canned as well. Um, so that was the that was the vote that they kind of pushed the the clubs into. Uh, and like I say, very little notice. And yeah. surprise, surprise, desperate for money, uh, clubs uh, ended up voting it through. There is also obviously we'll, we'll probably come on to the. The, the case uh, and the, the subsequent uh, ongoing battles, but there's there's plenty of talk of uh, you know bribery, corruption, intimidation, bullying clubs to get this through. The SPFL had an agenda for reasons which we can maybe speculate on, but we we don't really know as such to force this issue through and to call 
call the, the league. I guess the main argument against it before I hand over to Toner or whatever is that um the you know the, the conflating of two separate issues. So clubs did need money, that's fair. But my view would be that doesn't mean that we need to call make make a, a hasty decision basically on what to do from a sporting side when every other league in the world pretty much um, is is in a holding pattern to see how it plays out, you know, and and as you say, uh, they'll we're getting to see some football coming back, and we've called ours early. It just it didn't make a lot of sense, but hope for that summary was was kind of what happened to end the league. Yeah, yeah, Tona, Tona, you um, obviously you know what Keith was saying there about the clubs, uh, the, the SPFL saying about the clubs, you know, um, if you don't finish, if if you don't do this, you don't get your money. Surely this is a situation where they've got the clubs in by the short and curlies. Yeah, you, you know, and there's nothing that they can do about it. I mean, if you're going to offer the the, the clubs that are, you know, desperate for money, I mean, they, they are desperate for money in this period where they've got absolutely no income coming in from, you know, from the gate, from ticket sales, from pie stalls, anything like that. They've got no income. If you're saying to them that, Basically, you need to vote this through, or we won't be able to pay you the money. Then you know, you've, as as you said, you've got them by the the short and curlies. You've, they're not they're not going to vote for any other decision. I don't think. Um, and and it turns out as as we might come on to with the whole court case threat and and the different legal kind of implications. Um, Rangers have put out that dossier, and it, it has been proven that you know in in the past the SPFL have paid funds out. Two clubs in, in situations yeah. like this. I mean, I think it was Gretna. Uh, Gretna's administrators um, confirmed that you know they made a payment. It wasn't a loan. It was a it was a payment to the club during the point where they were going into administration to try and allow them to continue trading. And uh, it's just, uh, I think, to go back to what Keith was saying, it, it was all done very quickly. It was all done yeah. with a kind of. This needs done now, and the the rush to try and get it pushed through um, just seemed seemed odd. Um, yeah. Unless you are, uh, you know, in Scotland, and you understand exactly where the motivation for some of these people comes from. Really, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it from a purely football point of view, Keith, as well, you've got clubs like. Dundee United, who are obviously top of the league, going to go back in the Premier League. They're obviously voting for it, yes. And then you've got guys on the other side of things like Partick Thistle, who were bottom of the league but still had a game in hand over the other teams and automatically they get relegated. It doesn't seem to add up or make any sense just how drastically they wanted this done. No, you're right. It, 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 doesn't, make, it doesn't make a lot of sense, certainly on the sporting side, uh, as Tony as, as rightly says. I mean, getting the, the clubs getting the money makes total sense. And you can understand from a business sense why people might vote for it because it was gun to the head, it's this or nothing sort of thing, which, you know, why weren't there other options when there clearly were other options? But from a sporting sense, it, it really, it, it doesn't add up. Um, for the, just the, the, the wide range and impacts it has on a number of clubs, you know, it's, it's crazy. And the other side, sporting ways, that doesn't make sense to me is we call the league, but the Scottish Cup will be played to a conclusion. It, you know, again, you would think Scottish football would say, right, what we're going to do with football is we're going to, shelve it, we're going to continue it, we're going to whatever, but it's not, right? It's been this rush on one thing, but then the the, the Scottish Cup is continuing and it's going to be played. That doesn't add up to me, that just seems yeah. crazy. If you look at today, um, just to bring it right up to date, I mean, Hibs have put out a thing saying that all the loan players they had, which is about, let's say, I think it was about four or five at least, that were all in the first team. So guys like Doherty, who's coming back to us, 
the boy, El- Elma Younger, or whatever it was, it was on loan from from Genoa. Um, guys that were playing every week in their first team have all they've announced today they're all going back to their parent clubs, which then says you know that they're still effectively in a semi final of the Scottish Cup. When they, so when that resumes, whenever it is, if it's going to be you know fitted into the calendar somewhere, it's going to be a completely different Hibs squad. Hearts are going to be relegated with this situation. So who who's going to be left at Tynecastle to to kind of take on the semi final of the Scottish Cup? It's a good point, Tony. I mean, genuinely, get your boots right. We're playing for Hearts in the semi final of the Scottish Cup. That looks what it could be. This could be you could be talking about a team who's went from top flight. Plenty of high-profile, highly-paid players to a part-time squad in the semi-final of the cup, playing in a lower league. That is it actually going to happen? Because you know, which was where does the championship players' uh, league games, where do the the clubs, where do they get their money if there's no if it's behind closed doors and there's no gate? They they don't have any money in short, right? So can they afford to even put it on? Do you know what I mean? And then, like you say, these teams are, you know, the integrity of the Scottish Cup's at the window, right? Because the teams that made it to the semi-final aren't the teams that are going to be playing the semi-final. Yeah, that's a very good point, Keith, as well. They make there, they get the teams that they've got there, the squad that's got there is going to be a very different squad um, to when they actually be able to play it again as well. And, you know, when are they going to play it as well? That's another That's another point um, into the argument um, as well with it. It's, it's a... It's just a weird time, and you know, like all the other. T- obviously, there was a few other um, team uh, leagues out there that tried to call it early, but most of the most of the other people, most of the other leagues were like, no, let's just wait, let's just you know have a bit of calm. There's more important things in football. Do you guys have any? You know, why do you think the SBL, the SBFL, done it so quickly? Thank. Uh, try to do this rather than having a bit of time. We can probably patience. speculate. <laughs> um, yes, let's <laughs> let, let's speculate a wee bit then. Uh, why did Celtic fan Murdo McLennan want this push through? Um, why, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the the grubby fingerprints of Peter Lawwell and and uh, just seem to be all over this. I mean, the one guy that hasn't made any kind of didn't make any statements, didn't make you know, you'd have thought. Someone like that, being a major stakeholder in Scottish football, would have had an opinion on it, but mysteriously stayed very quiet on everything, whereas everybody else, there was probably a statement from Rangers, Hearts, you know, Kilmarnock, all the different clubs right across the board, Stranraer, all had a statement, but strangely enough, Celtic stayed quiet, and, and why was that? I mean, you'd have thought, especially with their vested interest in, you know, getting handy a championship, you'd have thought they would have you know, expressed an opinion on it. So why was he able to stay quiet in the background? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting for me, that that point. It's, you know, just where where was his where was his opinion? Where was Celtic's opinion on all this? And I think what I would say is that they didn't need to make a statement on it because they already knew the outcome being, you know, so deeply entrenched within this, the, the SFA and the SPFL. Mm-hmm. I think, Toner, that yeah. you're, you're partially right, but you weren't listening that much, I think. Uh, they were making statements, but they were just under the guise of uh, SPFL right, okay. people, right? If, you know, using, <laughs> following through in your analogy, I would say that they were making plenty of statements, but they were just coming from a slightly different body, um, just because, you know, like, why have a dog and bark yourself? Their dogs were barking, so they just let it go, you know? Yeah, good point. Maybe but the other good side point. I would say about that is that, and that, that to me speaks volumes, though, does it not? Like, uh, let, let's put it in 
put it into our mind frame, right? So we are gone for nine in a row. We're gone for ten. We're looking like it. You know, you feel like nine's very, very close, and it'll give us a genuine crack at the ten again. What would you want to do? As as winners, right? If you're a big club with a big club mentality, I would be I would be saying, handing me this title tarnishes the whole thing. Let's just. But I would rather go null and void and go back to A and reset and go again. You wouldn't want to just get it. Like for me, this would just totally it, it just pisses in your conflicts. Why? Why would you want it? It speaks volumes for the small club mentality, as far as I'm concerned. The inferiority complex that you would you would want this. You would push it through and celebrate it. It's it's embarrassing, man. And if it was if that was us, I would be I'd be I'd be gutted. I'd be wanting to just patch it and go again. I, I would hate this. If I was if it was yeah. Rangers, I would be hating you've got, this. That's you've got to look at the a comparative kind of a uh, good comparison as to the two two of the other clubs which are were run away looking as if they were going to seal a, a title, which would be Liverpool. Liverpool obviously, you know, are yep. only needing six points from the remaining games to win the first league in thirty year. Uh, and they've consistently said if if it if it's not one on the pitch, you don't want it. You know, Klopp's come out and said that. Um, you know, they've kind of the whole way through they've they've made that very clear. And then the other one I would look to is, is Juventus as well, who have basically come out yeah. and said, if you attempt to give us this title, we will refuse it. Essentially, you know, we are not we are not interested in accepting this based on you know three guys sitting around a, a computer and, and, and you know working out a points per game average and stuff like that they, they are not interested in that and I, I, you're right Keith yeah. and they are Liverpool and Juventus are massive clubs and you know winning winning mentality throughout their their history you know they're not willing to be handed anything they're not wanting to be handed anything and I just think it's the, the, the rush to you know you look at Neil Lennon last week, one of his quotes was actually that this is the best championship that we've had yet. <laughs> he actually said that, and he's oh, that's embarrassing. I didn't know that. That was that was put out. That was you know when they were doing their socially distant celebrating uh, Lennox Town or whatever. Um, he said that to the journalist. This is the best one yet, lads. And it's like really, it's I mean it's, it's horrible. Huh? It's I don't know. I just if if if, if the shoe was near their foot. If it was Rangers that were being told, yeah, and I would, I would not be happy with us accepting, accepting a title in these circumstances. Ah. I, I just, it would, it yeah. would smack of you know small time. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with you um, there as well. I think if it was the situation where we were going to be winning the league, I'd be like, no, we want to win this fair and square, not we, you know, it meant um, thirteen games to go in the season. Um, however, as Rangers have still got a, um, a game in hand over um, over Celtic as well. well that, that's another point well. that you say. Like, there's a quarter of the season to go, and I, I, I totally like. I mean, I don't think you're you're going to find any sensible Rangers fan, any sensible football guy that wouldn't say Celtic were big favourites and were probably going to win the title. Is that fair? Yeah, no, the odds are they were going to win it, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. but what what so handing them the title it doesn't you know it's it's no in a football sense it's, it's not the the most unlikely outcome that we were going to get to. But the, the thing about football and the thing about sport in general is it's unpredictable, right? Magic happens, especially in football seasons. Magic happens at the end of seasons. It doesn't happen in August because that's not when, you know, when nothing's won. At the end of seasons is where magic happens. How many times across pick a league have you seen somebody win it in the last day or the last week or turn around a 10-point deficit with five games to go or something mental? How many times have you seen 
let's take Hearts, poor Hearts, right? Never mind us. How many times have you seen Wigan in, in the Premiership be the best team in Europe for the last eight games of the season and survive by a ball hair after being dug me yeah. all year? It's that's what happens. That's this is why we love it. And you just go, well, yeah, they were probably going to win it anyway. All right, okay, cool. Well, in that case, then why the end? Do you know what I mean? Like, why bother with 90 minutes? Why bother with 38 games? Just whenever you feel like it, just go, well, it was probably going to happen. So we'll just not bother with the rest of it. It's mental, man. It's madness. Yeah, it's, I think we can all agree that how mental it is and just how ridiculous, you know, like the whole the statements that were getting announced by the SPFL and Neil Doncaster, you know. Who was the guy that done his own that was, uh, that was uh, aye, that was McLennan. Yeah, that was McLennan. Aye, that was that was that was wonderfully, brilliant. wonderfully um, speared by Douglas Park in his Q and A to say when we when yes. he was mentioning McLennan, he, he asked a question that should be put to McLennan and then said maybe he could put this to himself the next time he holds a Q and A with himself. <laughs> aye, that was brilliant. Sorry, Keith, on you go. No, no, I was just going to, very, very quickly, all I was going to say is it's not just the, like you say, the hypocrisy of the statements, it's also the hypocrisy of the mouthpieces in the media. Guys like, let's let's just pick Chris Sutton because he's easy, but he, he said Celtic should be handed the title, right? And then he was asked about Liverpool when he was done in England by an English journalist. He says, oh no, you've got to play it to the end, forgetting the fact that, you know, he's already made the statement up here, when as you say, Tony, Liverpool are much closer and it's been how long for them, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it's crazy, man. Sorry. One of the things that um, Klopp said as well that he would rather he would rather Liverpool never win the league and you know at least one person get saved from coronavirus. You know that puts it in perspective that the club, like, like Toner said, a club who's been waiting for years and years and years to win another trophy, uh, to win another league. You know they've had so many fail, well, half a you know small attempts to win it and then they've, they've just missed it the final bit. You know like Gerard Slip and stuff like that as well. And they've been waiting forever to win this, but they would rather do it correctly than, you know. Liverpool have been waiting since you know, 1990. Just to put it into a context, Liverpool. You, if, you know, if you're, I mean, I mean, I'm a wee bit older than you guys, so you, I can remember, just remember Liverpool kind of coming to the end of that dominance. Um, you know, and it was expected that Liverpool would would win countless leagues. You know, through the 80s and the 70s, they were the the the, the premier team in Europe. We're winning the league, winning the yeah. Champions League or European Cup at the time. Um, and when they won the league in 1990, they wouldn't have dreamed that it would be 30 years before they would have a chance, you know, to be winning the title. I mean, they've come close, as you said, but, you know, there's nobody from that club, supporters, anybody who are interested in taking it other, any other way than being one on the pitch. I mean, like, the good thing it looks like for England is that, that they are going to come back to some kind of football. Um, you know, over the course of the next few weeks, they've started their training and stuff like that. So Liverpool will get that opportunity to win the the league on the pitch. Hearts have been denied yeah. that opportunity. We've been denied. We two old fun games to go. You know, I'm not saying that. I mean, we're all realists. I would say, you know, and we know where Rangers were. We were shit out of form. We weren't going to. You know, I don't think we would have caught Celtic. But Keith, right? I mean, how many times have we seen it? I mean, we've got a good example in our own history of Helicopter Sunday being, you know, three games to go, Celtic were five points clear, and we ended up a point ahead of them. So, it's it's it, it's never done until it's done. That's the thing, the good thing about football yeah. is, that's why players, you know, go to the 90th minute, the 91st, the 92nd, the 93rd minute in games, and, you know, you get that. 
last minute winner or, or that. That's that's what football's all about. I mean, Del Year, with your other hat on, being a Man City fan, you know the Aguero moment. Yeah. Would you swap that for anything? Do you know what I mean? There's, would you swap that yeah. for for the title being awarded over Zoom? Do you know what I mean? Let's just. Aye, exactly. Exactly, and that's another thing. Like 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 Tony said, the title getting awarded over a over a Zoom meeting as well. It's just totally. It's, it's, it's unreal. You can't make it up. You know, you can't. You can't fathom, you know, what's happened. It's honestly anything you, you sit down and think about it, you shake your head almost in disbelief, don't you? Yeah. So the next bit then is the other bit to sort of talk about is the sort of way that we can, you know, look at the potential cleanup from this as well um, in Scottish football as well, Keith. Yeah, I, I think this is where we, we touched on some of the, the, the problems with the. You know the governing body getting us to this mess, regardless of what you think of it. There was no, there was no good outcome, right, from a footballing sense and stuff like that. So we we have to acknowledge that, you know, there was always going to be pain. But we, you know, the the way that the the, the officials have went about it, it's not just about what they've decided. It's the way they've went about it, how it was all handled, and, and numerous other things that we'll touch on. But um, there's there's just you can't have any confidence in them. It, it just smacks of there's corruption. There's incompetence, best case scenario, right? You've got to go, uh, these these guys are majorly incompetent. Uh, Toner touched on it. Teams are starting to furlough players or, re, you know, like re, looking at register books, paying off reserve players, sending loan players back, all that sort of stuff. And you've got that donkey, Doncaster, who's on nearly 400 grand a year, which is just a phenomenal amount of money to serve the clubs. And, you know, that that's not what's been happening. It was going to the head to vote for this when it wasn't the best option for the clubs. And then now we're starting to already quite quickly. I mean, they paid them like two weeks ago or something. And already you're seeing clubs are, are starting to starting to really struggle. So there needs to be a bit of a clean up and, and Rangers have, have been on this. Um, a massive shout out to Inverness Cali, who I think have been have been uh, very honourable in this whole thing. And then, as we say, Hearts, Stranraer, Thistle, any team that's been impacted negatively, and then teams like Cali who are just trying to do the right thing and say, look, this isn't right. I mean, even a bit of an odd to Aberdeen, which sounds weird and something I never thought I would say, they're coming out and saying, no, we were told this and that and kind of bribed and, you know, bullied into it and stuff like that. So it's just uh, Scottish football's in a horrible state. And although the COVID crisis is a, is a big problem for everyone, is it a chance to, for the analogy, put the foot in the ball and take stock and see where we are and do a bit of a clean-up before we try to move forward? I don't know, um, yeah. but that's that's what we can discuss. Aye. Tona, would the, um, one of the things I don't think any of us have ever thought to hear that Aberdeen were sticking up for us. Yeah. <laughs> so would you... They're a good bunch of lads up there, you know. That's, that's what... <laughs> um, no, I mean, the, the whole thing, I think the point I was going to make earlier and, and we've kind of moved on was, I think it's been really good to see again Although we weren't successful in our, our vote and stuff like that, it's been good to see Rangers actually challenging the status quo. I mean, putting something out there, you know, showing a bit of showing a bit of balls and actually standing up to these people. I mean, there's been, I suppose, in the last five six years when we've been going through our our various issues with, with who we had in charge, you know, there was nobody who was willing to stand, put their head up above the parapet and kind of you know do that, but. You know, we've had Stuart Robertson doing, you know, good work. We've had Douglas Park's kind of statement. Um, and I can't mind the other, the, the kind of interim chairman guy who did a kind of Q&A on uh, the Rangers site as well. And they were all very impressive, very... You tell how passionate they were about, you know, trying to 
preserve Rangers, but also to try and kick Scottish football's governance into, into order. I mean, it's just been, from from my point of view, of, of somebody who's been waiting for Rangers to kind of take the bull by the horns in any of some of these situations, it's actually been really rewarding to see. And I, I, although, you know, it looks like we've, we've taken a wee step back to wait and see what happens just now, I mean, I think I don't think it's over. I think we are still ready to challenge this, ready to take it forward if if, if the need arises. I think we're waiting to see what happens with Hearts and whether they launch an actual legal bid and stuff like that. Whether we then come into line after them if if there's uh, you know if they get they get the assurances they're looking for you know if they get any wee email at six yeah. o'clock on a Friday night from from uh, from the SPFL and stuff like that. So um, well for for me, I mean I think that's the one or one of the big takeaways for me from this is that Rangers are actually trying to take control, trying to get back to some position within Scottish football. Um, and that's that's good to see from, from my point of view. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Keith, what do you think of Rangers, um, the way that they've conducted themselves during this? Yeah, I know. I think that as a club, we've we've done pretty well. Like, like Paul says, we've had uh, kind of statements at different levels about different topics and stuff like that. The dossier seems to have been well thought out and well put together. Something I want to just say though, like we're talking about this um, as Rangers, it's not right. Aberdeen aren't, aren't supporting Rangers. Aberdeen are coming out and saying what's right, and that's what it's about. It's it's not just Rangers versus SPFL. It's a, a bunch of clubs trying to do what's right, uh, or kind of um, vote to get an independent investigation. Got thirteen votes. It got votes at all levels from every league. So it's it's not just Rangers. I think there's there's an understanding across the board that. This is this is broken and, and this is corrupt and I think that we we should acknowledge that you know it's not just about us but we have conducted ourselves pretty well and you know some of the some of the stuff we've come away with has been it's either really really good uh, making interesting intelligent articulate points or there's bits that are quite funny and, and stuff like that I feel like overall it's uh, it's refreshing to see like you said Tony someone competent who can come out and um, and, and challenge the status quo because we've not had that and it's hurt us over the past. You know, 10 years or probably, in fact, you'd have to say further back than 10 years, maybe the last 15, 20 years, actually, it's been hurting us for, if, if we're being honest with ourselves. Can I just, yeah. sorry, just to, to come in there um, about the the, the point of the resolution, you know, it was, as Keith said, was it 13 clubs voted with, you know, voted for it? And if you take that to 13 out of 42 clubs and any other, I mean, we all work in, you know, we've worked in business and, you know, in banking and stuff like that. If there was any other company out there there were thirteen out of forty-two shareholders had voted for a you know effectively a vote of no confidence in the leadership and, and stuff like that. Then you know heads would have rolled. There would have been you know people would have been forced to resign. But you know Doncaster's still there on his four hundred grand a year. McLennan's still there on whatever he's on as well. I mean it's just that part of it stinks for me. I mean they've just kind of as you said, Keith, it's not Rangers against the SPFL, but that's how the media and how you know, they're, they're, the lapdogs have kind of wanted it to be couched as that. They want it to show as Rangers versus the SPL because then they can just go, "Okay, oh, it's just Rangers." You know, it's just Rangers. You know that they're they're just they're just you know moaning because they're not going to get to win the league or whatever and all that, and then it gets swept away, and then they can try and move the narrative onto something else. So it's been good to see Rangers, I think, keeping up on it and, and the other clubs as well. I mean, as you said, Aberdeen, uh, Partick Thistle, Hearts. Stranraer, and then there's you know the clubs at like Kelty Hearts level and stuff like that who have been denied 
the chance of promotion under the, the you know the SPFL's pyramid scheme that they they say is an, you know an integral part of their development of the game, and then it's just been shown to be an absolute sham. Yeah. Hearts is an interesting yeah. one. So, sorry, Dale, just quickly yeah. on Hearts, I think. No, on your goal, on your goal, I, I, I think Hearts is an interesting one because they're now going to look in potentially at legal challenges and stuff because it results in them getting relegated. But when the initial uh, vote was put round, they voted for this. They yeah. voted to say, yes, let's end the leagues, let's call it with the, the current positions, knowing they were bottom of the league. Now, they came out and spoke against it, then they were bribed on the last day, at the last minute or whatever, to vote for it with the promise of, if you vote for it, we'll reconstruct the leagues and you'll manage to stay yeah. up. So they voted for it. Surprise, surprise, league reconstruction was, was chucked in the bin because it served its purpose, right? It was a it was a fake carrot um, and it served its purpose. And now they're like, oh, well, hold on. I, if, I mean, if I was the SPFL lawyers, I wouldn't I wouldn't fear hearts because, you know, like, well, you voted for it, so how can you vote for it? And then, you know, sue somebody when it happens, shut up kind of thing. But obviously, league reconstruction is maybe back on the table, but I just thought that was an interesting turn of events with hearts. Yeah. Definitely, it was. Tony, what do you think about the Hearts? Well, definitely, I mean, as Keith said, they were dangled the carrot of league reconstruction, which I don't even think it made its second or third meeting, did it? It was kind of, you know, clubs voting for themselves again, you know, without the thought of the greater need of the, the game, have decided that, that, you know, there's no reconstruction because they don't want to lose, especially in the top league, they don't want to lose an old, a visit from one of the two old firm clubs and all that kind of stuff. So it's Self-interest, I mean, it's all, again, it comes back down to, you know, it's always going to be like this, unfortunately, unless some somebody comes in who's completely independent and decides that they're going to take it on. But, you know, club chairmen are not going to vote for, you know, their club to be relegated or vote for their club to be, um, you know, missing out on revenue from, from visits for, from us or from, from people at Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen who take a good travelling support. You know, they're not going to vote out of self-interest to demote themselves or to you know reconstruct the leagues, so that that means there's actually less chance of them having you know those those people coming to their ground. I think that the whole thing is just it shows self-interest is is the main in, the main influence on Scottish football. I think it's just it's just a it's a horrible wee kind of cliquey everybody out out for themselves kind of thing when nobody are trying to actually say what would be good for the game, you know. But then I don't know who you would get that would be considered to be an independent person who would come in. You know, they could come in, they could make a think tank again, or make some kind of recommendation. But then at the end of the day, you know, they could do all this work, and the clubs would just turn around and say, "Nah, you're all right." That's what I, I yeah. earlier I gave special mention. Inverness, they're pretty much the only ones that have come out without a hint of self-interest and said, "You know what? This is the right thing to do mm-hmm. here." So, I that's a special mention to them for me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. The thing, Tony, you make a good point there about you know if we do an independent commission, um, into it, you know, if the club say no, then it's just a waste of money, and you know if the government members say no, it's just a waste of money getting thrown again, and then we're back to we're back to square one again. Thing about Um, so the points that Rangers and Hearts and the other teams have made is it's not that we're saying that people are we're not saying you know the points that I've made are not saying that MD's corrupt or there's not been illegalities or anything like that unless that can be brought out from this whistleblower or whatever that's still to come forward if if and when but any any other organization who are threat would have been you know put to them that their corporate governance has been compromised 
and would be looking to, you know, have an internal, uh, you know, a, a, an independent investigation into it. Why not? Well, surely, if there's been no wrongdoing, why would you have? Why would you be so against an independent investigation? It doesn't make any sense. Hundred percent agree with that, mate. It doesn't make any sense at all. So, Dale, um, moving yes. on then. What, what do you think is the what's the future? Right, what happens next? What, what, what actions happen? What has to happen, or what should happen? What will happen? <clears throat> what would you think? It's a it's that, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? What should happen? Um, you know, I think now obviously the league's been the league's been called. There's nothing we can we can do about it in terms of. Um, looking at the higher regions, I think like some of their positions now are untenable, such as Doncaster and stuff. I still don't know how he's in a position at the moment that he's in. Um, I think he should have been well gone by now, um, but unfortunately, he's still sitting there getting his getting his big money. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that you know that he's sitting there still earning all that money and all this has happened, and there's clearly been something majorly wrong with Scottish football. What do you guys I don't know, what, what think, do you think that? Would you add to that? Anything that you think should happen or, or what indeed, what, any predictions about what will oh, happen in the future? What will happen is nothing. Unless Hearts or Rangers mm. or somebody takes it to the courts, it'll be, you know, the whole, you know, the newspapers or tomorrow's chip wrappers thing. Do you know what I mean? The, 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 the narrative's already starting to move on to they're, you know they're not talking about it anymore. They're talking about oh we need to get ready for next season. We need to get ready for the you know the league cup uh, group stage qualifiers for the league cup and all that. They need to take place. Uh, you know there's you know all that kind of stuff. So they're already starting to move the narrative on. Um, what should happen is there should be an independent independent investigation into not just not just the situation with the vote, but to any other. Um, elements of the corporate governance that that has been brought forward. I mean, I think Rangers, throughout the dossier, kind of, you know, they focused on the the vote and, and the uh, incidents around it. But they did say, I mean, I think there was something like, you know, there'd been twenty three meetings or something that hadn't been properly minuted and all this kind of stuff. I mean, in, in terms of a a proper organisation, a proper business, a proper even a proper a, a you know a bowling club level, these things need to be. Um, you know, done properly and recorded properly. If things are to be done, you know, the right way. And and now you're talking about a, an organisation which is, you know, and in charge of the, the kind of administration of a a multi-million pound industry in Scotland, or it might not be soon. But you know what I mean. It is you know they are talking about, you know, a a, a governance of a of an organisation that that is in charge of millions of pounds, you know, there's this sky money coming in from, you know, this sponsorship, although we don't have a sponsor just now, you know, that kind of stuff that needs to be properly looked after, properly administered, properly, so all the clubs are getting their share and stuff like that, and they can't even run board meetings correctly, I mean, it's it's just, that's what should happen, there should be a proper investigation and people should leave, Doncaster should leave his position, McLennan should be looking at his position, and, and you know, these people should be looking to get you know, we should be looking to get the best people out there to come in and replace them to actually move the game forward. But unfortunately, it seems as if Scottish football is going to do what it does best and and just stick its head in the sand and and try and move on. And it'll be, you know, when the leagues do come back in July or August or September, whenever it is going to happen, it'll just be all oh, right. Great, football's back, and it'll all be forgotten. 
Good point. Good point. So, Tony, you mentioned a good point there, saying about Scottish football being a, you know, a million, you know, a multi-million pound, you know, company and stuff like that. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case going ahead. Um, yeah, a number of clubs admitting that they might have to go part time and stuff like that. I mean, this is a sorry situation for a, you know, for yeah, for I mean, league, isn't it? It's just interesting. I'm just looking at I was looking at a thing earlier. It's about the kind of premiership teams of who's going to be out of contract at the end of the season and stuff like that. And you've got Hamilton have got sixteen players <coughs> out of contract as things stand. Um you've got Kilmarnock who've got about I think it's eleven players on loan. Um, another four or five that are coming to the end of their contracts with the boy Adonel, the, the right back, he's actually left. Has you know he's available on a free transfer now. Um, Motherwell the same. They're looking at about ten players that are out of contract come the end of the season. I mean, it's that's in the that's just in the top division. I mean, you're looking at they're the they're yeah. the top. That's the top division teams. They're the players, the teams that should be. You know, they'd be at the moment they'd be looking to renegotiate contracts and, and bring people in. But you're, you're looking at clubs like Kilmarnock letting. Majority of their first team squad go. Uh, there's reports at the weekend that they've, they've basically told all the reserve players that they're, they're not being renewed. Um, then Fermlin have come out and said something similar. Uh, I mean, what level is Scottish football going to be at? You know, and, and you know, I think we've talked about this, Keith. I think you might be Derek. You said. I mean, we're going to end up at League of Wales, League of Ireland level soon if it, if it doesn't, if something doesn't get done. Aye, Tona, just on that, like you say, that's just the the interesting thing about the players is that's just the top flight, the the, the kind of lower league, league teams, especially the part-time teams and that, all they do is sign players on a, on a kind of, you're here to the end of the season, they don't, there's, there, you don't get three-year deals or anything like that, right, that's, that's mm-hmm. not really a thing, that's by the exception, so pretty much <coughs> all of these clubs have, have no players, Yep. that's, that, you know, so like, what does it mean for, what does it mean for Cowden Beef, you know what I mean, like, what does it mean for any of these teams? The, the Blue Brazil have got no players. Yeah. Well, you know, like wh- where does that go? So you know, there, there's there's definite concerns at all levels, and it's it's not just that the Premiership is going to turn to, or the SPFL or PSPL or whatever the hell they call it this year. Mm-hmm. It's turning into League of Wales. It's that you know we don't need to worry about having four tiers anymore because none of these teams are going to have any players potentially. And the, as we touched on earlier, they're not going to get any any money for gates so they can't afford to renegotiate with players because that's their income done yep it's a sorry sorry state that we find ourselves in we spoke right, and go back to the incompetence and in the clean up as well yeah, I think one of you guys touched on it we've got no sponsors yep. you know like for, for the top flight so Ladbrokes deal ends no sponsorship I mean how, how does that happen do you know what I mean like we've known this is going to be coming to an end for however many years and there's no sponsor lined up that's going to hurt us because you get uh, money from sponsors, from TV and from uh, Gates. So if we're going to be playing behind closed doors and we've got no sponsor, then even the, the top flights hanging by a thread. Yep. I mean, the, the 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 whole thing about the, I think the, the ten million pound hole that if Sky decided to pull out the deal and all that kind of stuff. And I think what's going to happen quite conveniently is I think we're going to be playing in the the Sky Bet Scottish. Premiership next year, if you know, and all that kind of stuff. So they'll just come to some kind of fudge that Sky get the sponsorship, but it's it will be a deal to kind of appease them so they don't claim the money back and all that kind of stuff. It's a it's a horrendous situation. That's what Doncaster's been paid four hundred grand a year, four hundred grand a year 
and he, we don't even have a sponsor for the league. It's just complete and utter madness. Yeah. I, I mean, he should. Looking <coughs> like a sponsor run out, you know, like that, it's just crazy. Right, do you know what they should be doing? See if that's the case. I'd be saying, congratulations, Neil Doncaster. You now sponsor the SPFL next year. And you're not getting your 400 grand wages. Instead, we're going to get you to the clubs, you prick. Do you know what I mean? Like, genuinely, like, as a minimum, that's what should be happening. Because like you said, yeah. Donna, even if we, we come up with, a, oh, there's a new sponsor and it's Sky, it's going to mean, like, you know, it's going to be an extra quid or something like that. It's not actually going to be income. It's a massive revenue stream missed as the product just deteriorates and deteriorates. Yeah, definitely. And then if the Sky deal goes further down the line, Who's going to be there to take it? You know, it's a worrying, it's a really worrying situation that we've got ahead of ourselves um, here, guys. But let's, I want, to, I want to change it from a bit of, you know, about Scottish football to more about the team that we love, more about Rangers now, guys. Um, so we can turn the frown about upside down and talk about something that we actually like talking about, um, and that's our club. So obviously we've discussed the future of Scottish football. Let's have a chat about the future of Rangers now um, over the next season and see what happens. You know, we've recently... Few few good positive things. We've announced the new sponsorship deal, um, the Castor, which is going to be worth a lot of money. Tony, you mentioned about yeah. that we made a chat yesterday, um, about the Castor. Yeah, deal. Mean, Do you want to tell us a wee bit? I think if you were any, anybody who associated with Rangers within the last week, you you can't have missed. Um, you know there was an, it seemed to be an interview every day or every hour about with the, the boy, uh, Tom Behon from from Castor who. Gave some interviews to you know the big podcasts and Rangers supporters groups and stuff like that. So I think the one thing I took away from it was that I think a lot of it it's been reported that it's a twenty five million pound deal over five years. I think from one of the interviews that I read, I think it's a minimum of three million pounds each season for the next five seasons, but with a, a potential if we make targets and stuff like that, that it could be higher than that. I mean, it could be up to the I think I've seen could be up to seven million pounds or nine million pounds depending on sales, and for a club like ourselves who have had virtually nothing in terms of retail income, um, it's going to be a massive boost. I think there was something that I heard that was about you know for the last three or four years Rangers have only made something like a couple of hundred grand on uh, you know the merchandising, and that's over the the last couple of you know three four years and we're going to go straight from that to being you know three million pounds guaranteed in the coffers i mean that's three million pounds yeah. is is you know that's a player you know that's that's a player that we could sign you know we, we are a transfer fee uh, you know covering his wages for a season and all that kind of stuff i mean it's just i mean it's yeah it's the kind of thing that most clubs across europe have got that kind of sewn up and already know they've got that income uh, coming across to them. I mean, you know, three million pounds, if you do it in a, in a, in a kind of, <clears throat> you do it in a rough thing, um, if you do a 25,000 pound a week contract for a year, that's 300 grand. So uh, technically you could have 10 players wages at 25 grand a year paid for from this custodial. So uh, it, it just, yeah. it, it's such a, it's such a good thing for the club to be able to have, and, and the, the kind of commitments that they've made to revamping the mega store. Uh, I think I seen something today about them putting in planning permission to knock down the Edmondson House and make like a some kind of uh, conference hub there. I mean, it's the the things that a modern football club should have. I mean, guys, you go, yeah, you go on trips to, you know, Eastern, uh, not Eastern, to to Europe, and you go through. 
cities like Milan or, or Madrid or Barcelona, and the one thing you know you do is you'll go and visit the stadium and stuff like that. You go and visit the stadium and you go, and the Barcelona tour takes you around everything through the trophy room, and when you come out, the exit is through the club shop. Do you know? And it's like, oh right, so I've just yeah. done the tour. I'm, I'm completely enthused about Ranger, uh, about Barcelona just now. I am going to buy a strip. I am going to buy a teddy bear. I am going to buy a wee football to take home to my Wayne. If we can have that again at Rangers, I mean, it's an absolute embarrassment for the last however many years that we've not had a functioning um, superstore at the stadium for people to visit on match day, outside of match day. I mean, it's just the potential income from that is just, it's massive. And it's a thing that, as I said, any modern football club throughout Europe has this and, and we're going to have it again, thankfully. Yeah, yeah Keith, you've um, you've actually went out and bought a Castro stuff, haven't you? Um, recently. Aye, aye, when it was... Um, what do you, you think of the stuff and then what do you think of the, 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 the deal as aye, well, aye, cool. So I did, aye, when, I, when, it was a, when it was formally announced, I thought, I'm going to see what all the, all the fuss is about, what's the quality like, what's the size That's is like, that sort of thing, so... Uh, if you see me walking about the street, you might think uh, I'm Andy Murray, because that's what it looks like. It's total tennis gear, man. But, um, obviously, I don't look in like Andy Murray, unfortunately. But it's uh, it's good value, though. Like, well, no good value, so it's good quality. It's expensive, but it's, it's different. It's different gear. Like, you you know, it just it feels different. It looks different. It sits different. It is, it is really good. It's, 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 it's crazy good, man. The quality is outstanding. Um, and I think, if obviously, the... They kind of they touched on the mass-produced strips, if you will, will probably be slightly less quality, but they'll be more affordable. But the, I mean, all I would say is that these guys do everything uh, quality-wise, and so I think that we'll still see good quality even in the, you know, the kind of fifty, sixty quid the, the average price strips. And I think it touches on the full deal, as Turner says, the full deal. These people are quality, right? They're looking at, you know, getting a new website. They're looking at taking over and and redoing the. Um, doing the Superstore, they've got existing worldwide digital offering, which is good because we've got bears all over the world, as we know. They're looking at doing uh, specifically designed female strips for the women's team. So now when, you know, like that means that for all the female fans out there as well, you can you can buy something that's more designed for you rather than a male top or a top that, you know, sometimes you get it and they just shape it slightly different, but it's still the same. This will be specific targeted yeah. stuff, which I think is, is really good. Um, and, you know, They've asked a the question about are you going to you know your relatively relatively new company a relatively small company growing but but can you handle the demand we've seen what happened to Hummel and the guys answered that question to say you know they've been gearing up for this for a year they're ready to handle orders in the hundreds of thousands they've got bigger factories they've got they're sourcing other stuff to be able to produce the you know that like I said the slightly less quality but the mass produced stuff they're you know they're, they're getting other materials and he's went into all that detail this is a this is a professional outfit who are here um, to to forge a real partnership with Rangers. They're all in, you know, and I think that came across quite a lot. So I think overall the deal's good. Uh, I feel a bit obliged and apologies, Toner, but I think the numbers are off. 25 grand a week is like over a million. Um, but I take your point that, you know, 3 million to 7 million to 9 million, whatever we'll get in, is definitely going to help us on the park. There's there's no doubt about that, especially considering where we were. So, And they're talking about the full range of the product offering as well, you know, where you can get the actual match replica strips that cost more. But, you know, when you go to teams like UV yeah. and Barca and that, you, 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 that's, that's there for people who can afford it or want to pay for it or whatever it may be, you know. So there'll be a, a whole range of stuff. Uh, and like, like you guys have touched on, just getting the megastore back to being an actual megastore just 
absolute full of stuff rather than full of shit. Looking like a bookshelf. Yeah. Uh, sorry, my numbers, my numbers were out. Yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think it, it works out. I uh, usually just over a million pounds a year, so three players, but still three players at twenty-five grand a week. That level of player, I mean, that buys Hadji's wages. Let's say for the next twelve months before we punt him to Lazio. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, it's it's, it's good. It's, it's really exciting actually when you hear that. You know, me being a you know, a football talk junkie in terms of stuff like that. You know, I love my football talks. Um, so in terms of that, you know, you're able to buy, you know, a number of different talks, you know, probably the same top, but people will go out and do that. They'll buy the match one, they'll buy the, the match replica top, they'll buy just a normal original replica top, they'll buy all the training gear. You know, people will do that, and it's really exciting to the, see that that money the, will just go I into the I think one club. of the big things is um, that, as well. and uh, Tom Behan made this point as well, I mean, if you're looking at your Nike and your Adidas, Unless you're Barcelona or Real Madrid, you're not touching their, you're not touching their kind of top guys. Whereas we are going to be Castor's main focus for at least the next year, let's say two years, before yeah. they start branching out into other clubs. I mean, they're talking about having a La Liga team, having a having a Serie A team, uh, and somebody within the English Premiership potentially over the next couple of years. I mean. So we are getting. I know there will be teething problems, and I think we're all, you know, growing up, growing up enough to think it's not going to go completely smoothly because nothing ever does, especially for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the fact that Castor are, are going to have their, their main men with their total focus on making this a success, it's going to be rather than you know, if it's Nike or if it's Adidas that are looking after you for. Let's just talk for talking sake. Celtic have got Adidas. They're just going to have some guy that's like the regional manager for North Europe, potentially looking at their account once every so many, you know, once a month for you know the next twelve months or whatever it is. Whereas we're going to have the people on the ground trying to make sure this yeah. is a success, taking on the feedback, making sure that, that anything that's not gone right is actually getting fixed. And and you know, I think that's only a, that can only be a positive for us at the the outset of this deal. Yeah, and not just at the outset. Also, yeah. I think the, the the kind of avoidance of the cookie cutter push that you get elsewhere, as you touch on, Tony, because that's exactly what it would be with Nike or Adidas or whatever. You see twenty teams across Europe with the same strap, just slightly mm-hmm. different colours, right? Um, we're we're going to hundred and fiftieth year when the the opportunity for you know specifics and add-ons and upselling and stuff is going to be off the charts. So, with somebody that's willing to work with us and go total like real unique, real bespoke. I think that could, you know, the the, the opportunities there is massive. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, Keith. I noticed, um, obviously, last year we made Hummel, um, Middlesbrough were Hummel and also 32 Red on it, and they were pretty much, Rangers tops and Middlesbrough tops, I think it was the way top, was pretty much the exact same, but if it's a black one, they were, I also went the same, they were very, very similar. And, you, you know, you see that, whereas this offer of a new bespoke, something different, something that we've not seen before, and someone that no one else has ever got is really exciting. For us as well. Will we look at now um, before we finish up on the pitch? Have a wee chat about that and um, see what's happened in terms of the football and stuff. Um, now Rangers announced last week that they let go, let go a few players as well, guys. They let go um, three of the big ones were Fordham, Halliday, and Flanagan, and then there's also Jason Holt, Jordan Rossitar, and Jack Anik. So that's obviously going to save a bit of save a bit of money now in terms of wages and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but. I think it's also showing the direction that Rangers are going to go in now where we're, you know, going to get rid of these guys and bring in some new guys. First of all, 
what do you guys think about you know letting go of Ford um, and Halliday and Flanagan and then we'll talk about the other guys after that as well so Keith we'll start with you on that one um, I'd say that I mean Ford and Halliday especially did their part at times and gave their all Flanagan I think he tried but the, 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 the three of them let's let's be honest are not quite Rangers quality um, and we need to we need to up the the, the quality and, and the squad and I would say that you know starting 11 needs to get better but so does the squad depth needs to get better so I think uh, as you say it touches on where we're heading and it's just we continue to make the squad hopefully we continue to make it uh, better and deeper and these three just don't contribute enough I mean Ford's a decent backup goalie but he's probably too good for that uh, especially coming at the kind of yeah. age he's at and how much time he's got left in his career and all that sort of stuff then it's understandable for him to go but I don't think across the six of them, and if we include Shea Ojo, who I think you know he's he's kind of said he's goodbyes. Of course, I've got um, about Ojo. I would say yeah, that yeah. there's nobody yeah. we're going to really miss uh, in a football sense. I don't imagine. I'm, I don't know. Tony, no, what do you I, think? I, I mean, you see the the announcement coming out from the club saying that these players are leaving. I don't think any. I don't see. You know, I think I saw a few people online saying you know, goodbye Andy Halliday because he was a good bear. I don't think anybody was, is going to be missing him on the pitch, unfortunately. I mean, we'd love to have, you know, I think we yeah. were all putting ourselves in Andy Halliday's shoes. We'd have loved him to have been a success, a much more of a success than he than he was. But, you know, ultimately, will we miss him? I don't think we will. I mean, I was one of the people that was kind of astonished that he got back to the the kind of level he got back at under Gerard. I think Gerard obviously saw something within him in terms of because he was a fan, he gets it, that kind of thing, and he wanted some of that in the squad. But I mean, now that Barisic stepped up and, and was, you know, at the level he was at last season, you know, there was no more of the kind of argument that a holiday should be ahead of him anymore and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, guys like Flanagan and bothering them, they've, they've done well for us in a, in a period where. We were, as Keith said, they weren't at the level required, I don't think. But, you know, fair play, I don't think any of them would have gone on the pitch and given less than they, they could have and all that kind of stuff. But Keith's right. The, the overall quality of the yeah. team needs to improve. The the options off the bench need to improve. And, and getting these guys away frees up places within the squad. So that can only be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just quickly, Dale, before we, we move on, I just want to say my favourite out of the seven of them was Jason Holt. I think the other guy was amazing. He always tried his best. Not good enough, but what a, for me, what a wee hero. So, uh, Aye, great great contribution yeah. to that championship season where he was I, he probably, I think, he seemed to me as if he was a, he scored more goals than he did. I think he only actually scored like seven goals or something like that, but he seemed to score in all the big games. He scored a few games against Hibs and stuff, which were our kind of main rivals and stuff. So, it was uh, yeah. from that point of view. Yeah, I think Holt was a a decent a decent player. Still, who, who? Yeah, I think for I think for me would have been sorry, Keith. Do you want to answer? Uh, answer no, I was just going to ask, like, who do you who do you miss out of them? And and then before you know, I, I, I'm conscious of time. Is there anybody else we want to see go? And who who or what do we want to see come in? Still, I I was I was disappointed to see. Um, just the way that it's turned out with Jordan Ross, and I agree, I agree, he should go now. But I'm just disappointed because I thought he looked like an actual, he looked like a proper player when we signed him. Um, you know, we got him from Liverpool, and he did look. Play. It's just a shame that his body just couldn't Aye. make it. It seemed like um, 
in terms of injuries and stuff like that as well. But I was I was disappointed um to see the way it turned out for him in terms of but I totally, you know, you understand and you totally get why the Rangers are Rangers are releasing him from well, not renewing his contract as well. In terms of that, I'm, you know, I'm reasonably all right with other ones. Jason Holtz, like I said, he, he was he was brilliant during the championship season and stuff like that, but since then he's not really had a had a sniff, has he, when we've been in the Premier League and over the last few years under Gerard as well, he's been out and loan um, as well. But aye, it's an interesting one. And then obviously um, Shiojo going back, that'll free up a bit of wages as well. Um, could we potentially use that scope again to get someone else in from Liverpool, like we done with Kent first season and then Ojo in the next season? Um, it's it's interesting. I think there needs to be still some good squad improvements in there as well. Do you guys agree with that? Obviously, we're going to discuss that a bit further, Keith, um, in one of the pods that we do later on, but definitely see some more squad improvements coming uh, we in. Need, uh, we need to increase, as we've already touched on, quality for sure. And I think the last half or the last half of a half or whatever you want to call it, you know, that we've done um, in the season just there, we need more goals. I think is is clear. So, um, striking options, creative options, and uh, hopefully we'll soon be announcing Hadji. I don't know where where that's coming to, but um, he would be a good addition, I think. Um, but I don't know. Point I made else to you yes. guys last week, I think, when we were saying Hadji yeah. deal looked close, and we kind of said between us, do, you, do we think this is a good deal? I think we all agree that he's a good player, but he needs to be played as a ten. He can't be played out in the wing, and he's wasted out there. If we're going to pin our hopes on him, and, and let's say that you know he is a good enough player potentially to do that, then we need to, you know, the team needs to be revamped, and we need to play him off the striker and and a proper number ten. Yeah, definitely, definitely, guys. This is something we'll discuss um, later on in another pod that we're going to we're going to release soon as well. So. Um, I think that's a good yeah, time to well, call it there, guys, if you're quite happy with that. Thanks for having me on, lads. Right. Um, it's been good yep. to have a chat. Right, OK. No worries, Tony. It was nice to have you on. Yeah, yeah well, thanks very much for your time. And Keith, as always, thank Cheers, you very much. Cheers, Paul. That was good. And Dale, thank you, mate. Speak to you Speak to you both soon, hopefully. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And let's say we'll be back soon, guys, with another pod. Until then, just keep listening. Cheers, guys. Stay safe. All right.